All right, Inappropriate Earl, back in the house. We're just cranking them out. You know, I think this is the fifth one this week. Uh, I originally planned to do one a week, but sometimes you got to, uh, you know, do them when the guests can come to me. So, uh, and we got the phone beeping. Uh, Donald Trump's going wild right now. It's uh, grab him by the pussy, he said. You know, uh, everyone knows you grab him by the ass. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, so we have a, you know, usually on this uh, podcast, I have older comics, you know, bitter, jaded, you know, beaten down, bullshitting bastards, palmers, as you know, I call them. I mean, still unbelievable what I saw the other night at the Comedy Store when uh, Doc Willis, the legend of the Comedy Store, if you've ever uh, gone into the parking lot there, Doc has parked your car, and he's a really funny comic, and uh, they gave him a going-away party, uh, and uh, everyone cleared out as soon as the free pizza was gone. I mean, welcome to Hollywood, guys. Uh, Attention LA Comics, you guys are all fools. Uh, but today I have a young comic, and I mean young. Uh, he's new on the scene. Uh, he's uh, just did his first roast battle uh, against the Dahmer triplets, or I don't know what their names were. Uh, I've never seen three triplets with three different body styles and hairlines. Uh, so, uh, but we're going to talk about him today, not the Dahmer triplets. Uh, give it up for Casey Moran. Earl, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I like getting young, old, in the middle uh, comics, you know, because I think we all have different experiences and paths. And uh, what I love about doing this podcast is, uh, you know, I get to have people on like, you know, I really don't know anything about you. You know, because right. I don't know you. Sure. Uh, I mean, that's the fun thing about podcasts, though. I think you can get to know somebody because it's just a conversation. And then uh, just through that being because your podcast is so organic, you listen to podcasts that are so structured. And that's it's not that's not a bad thing. But with yours, it's just a, it's just a conversation and you can get to know somebody within the hour and a half or so for sure. Well, yeah, that's the whole idea. Like I always uh, say this, uh, you know, I want to be like Rogan, you know, like Joe Rogan has uh unknown comics on and then they uh become known just because of people hearing them on his podcast now uh, i obviously don't put this podcast on joe rogan's level but uh i enjoy how joe will put on someone he saw at the comedy store and he's trying to get them a little uh some a little slice of his followers so that's what i'm trying to do on a incredibly much much smaller <laughs> scale so uh now you just drove here from Simi Valley. Yeah. Uh home of the Rodney King uh trial. Sure. Uh Ronald Reagan Library. Too. Yeah. I thought a very just decision in the Rodney King. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. That's uh, uh, <laughs> To me the craziest thing about the Rodney King trial was one of the officers was named Coon. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, Officer Stacy Coon. He was like the ringleader. Ah. Uh, so but why in the hell how hard is it to do comedy? When you're based in Simi Valley? Well, you know, that's a great question. It, it was hard at first, but then I had I got um, the the advice from another comic to kind of skip bringer shows. And he said, where do you live? And I said, Simi Valley. He said, is there bars and stuff? And I go, yeah. He goes, start producing shows there. So I put on, at one point, I was running seven shows a month and six of them were in Simi. Um, and so it's not as hard as it, it is because now I can trade spots at the shows I do. I can do stand up and see me every month. Um, but I, I come out to the comedy store to hang out or to 
to try to, um, you know, to do ro- roast battle pre-show or whatever I could do. Um, but it's, you know, I do a lot in North Hollywood. It's not as far as I think people think it might be, but I was talking to you earlier, like, um, the traffic can just, you just never know. So it does suck. But at the end of the day, I started producing shows in Simi and that has helped me a lot. I used to do a sports bar in Simi Valley. Which one? The arena? Man, I, I forget. Years ago? This is maybe 10 years okay. ago. A girl named Heather something. God, she gave me a lot of stage time. and uh, Yankee Doodles? No, it was in a mini mall. And it was just, oh, okay. uh, you know, I was about six years in. And, you know, I was at the point now. Then when I would do any gig I could get sure. my hands on. I would, I would do a strip club in North Hollywood. I would do a... Sports bar in Simi Valley, uh, something called Legends or something. Oh yeah, no, it's no longer there. I know exactly that place. Somebody, uh, somebody got shot there or stabbed there and died, and they they closed it down. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I've performed in a few venues uh, where there's been a shooting. Uh, there was a uh, very famous open mic. Uh, forget what it was called, but it was in Burbank, uh, and uh, there was a shooting during the show. And uh, to show you how crazy stand-up comics are, the guy who was supposed to go next went up to the host right after the shooting. It was like, hey, I'm still next, right? No way. He could care less that someone just got shot. And uh, this is a wild, uh, God, it's killing me the name of this place. But, uh, you know, we as comics perform in all different uh, kinds of uh, sports bars, bars, bars. and uh but you're doing it the right way you know bringer shows are the worst that's what somebody told me um i think it was me could have been you you know what though i listened to every like i when i listen to you talk about certain places i'm like i i have the same thought and the more you do these these you know spots and the just the more you put yourself out there and the more you talk to other comics you start to realize you know um kind of where you know, where you want to perform and, and how you're going to get better, who you want to associate yourself with. I mean, it's just a little of, it's just like life, you know, it's, but for me, putting on shows has helped me for multiple reasons. A gives me stage time. B gets me, you know, relationships with comics that have been awesome to me. And also C, um, you know, the benefit that I found out way later in running show, like five months in is trading spots. So it's like, those things, they are, it is a lot of stress, but like, I'm pretty good at producing shows and it's partly cause I was, you know, uh, I was in the sports casting world for 10 years and I, so I know kind of how events should be run and I'm not super organized, but I always try to take care of the comics. I love comedy. Um, and I, and I respect comics and respect the art form. And so I just want to be there, uh, and, and do the best shows that we can put on. And it's a town that really isn't used to stand up yet, but I think they're coming around to it now. Uh, how long have you been doing stand-up? I, it'll be two years in, uh, I think, two weeks. Yeah, it, it was in October. It was my I did one open mic, but I I had this experience where I did an open mic, and then I did, like, another open mic the next week, and then I stopped for, like, three or four months. And I, a lot of people do that, I heard. Why and, did you stop? You know, it was just one of those things where, like, I listen to so many podcasts, and, and I heard people like Bobby Lee and stuff saying stand-up saved their lives, and I... And, I had depression, so I wanted to like do something different and just have like a different hobby. And I wrote and I, and I performed. It wasn't even the bombing thing. It was just that the lifestyle that I saw other comedians living was not what I wanted to live at the time. And I thought I didn't realize there were so many other ways to go about it. Now, what do you mean by that? You mean them partying? Yeah, or? the partying and like and just like the staying out super late. I'm, I, you know. 
I'm not that I'm not a boring person and I can stay out late, but not every night and not to the point where if I have a job in the morning, I can't stay out till one in the morning and then turn around and get up at seven. And I was working in radio and sometimes morning radio. So I'd have to get up earlier than most people. So it was rough. Now, what uh, when you said you had a career in sports casting for yeah. 10 years, what exactly were you doing? Well, um, I started. Uh, and when I was in high school announcing um, volleyball games and so PA announcing, so public address. So like if you're, you know, at uh, the Kings game, you know, if you will, um, you know, somebody you know that you hear like, uh, you know, Dustin Penner at the time scores a goal, you'll hear the, the it's in the stadium. It's not really on the radio as much. You'll hear a little bit in background. You did uh, that for King games? No, no, no. But I was like giving an example. Right, of like, right. Yeah. Dustin no. Penner has been on this couch. I, that's why I use that as an example. Cause I, I, I really do know your podcast pretty well. I'm a big fan. So, um, yeah, no, that being said, I, uh, I started doing a public address announcing. Then when I went to junior college, I was doing, uh, announcing there for volleyball games. Then I got into baseball games, uh, for a high school, um, then I went to Cal State Fullerton and I was doing uh, the volleyball games, girls volleyball. It was awesome because, you know, cute girls playing yeah, volleyball yeah. in those uh, those shorts and stuff, you know. And uh, so Are I did Donald that. Trump? Jesus. Christ. No, no, no. I didn't say anything about grabbing them uh, in the in their private areas. In their private areas. Uh, but yeah, no, at the end of the day, um, I just started, just like stand-up, I was taking any gig that I can get to get better. And so any high school that, that wanted and needed an announcer, I would do it. I would do it for free at first. I was an intern at you know multiple radio stations after that. Can you say which ones? Yeah, sure. AM830, KLAA, uh, for the Angels radio station, also the Ducks radio station. Um, uh, and then also uh, AM five seventy KLAC at the time it was Lakers radio. Did you know um, Vic the Brick? Vic the Brick Jacobs, yeah, He's I met Vic. I worked with him multiple times. Uh, he one time, my brother's a big Lakers fan, and in two thousand eight, uh, when the Celtics beat the Lakers, um, they were down three one or something like that, and my brother, uh, my brother liked Vic the Brick, so I had Vic leave him a voicemail. And he was just like, Ryan, they're going to, I can't do Vic the Brick, but right. he, yeah, you know, yeah, feeling you. He was just saying how the Lakers are going to come back and win this. My brother saved that voicemail for a long time because he was like, it was just so ridiculous. But I love Vic. He's, he was the nicest to everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, you know, I first became aware of Vic the Brick when he was a sports guy in Channel 13. Right. And he would throw the brick. He would have the brick of the day. He's the best. And, uh, I think my favorite story about him is he got fired from a station in Texas because he had Bevo, the uh, the Texas Longhorn Bull, in studio, and it shit all over the studio. <laughs> That's really why he got fired? Yeah. That's hilarious. I didn't hear that story. I think it's Bevo, Bebo. I forget oh. the... Uh, and uh, so, yeah, and that's what brought him to L.A. And then uh, right. now he's transformed into, like, this uh, hippie. Yeah, he's like a... Uh, Tony Robbins type. Sure. The uh, motivational speaker of sports casting. Like he has the bamboo, the bends, but not yeah. breaks. Yeah. He's great. Um, but yeah, no, I did radio stations. Then I, um, I worked for orange County flyers. This was a great job. Uh, I was a, uh, it was a minor league baseball team independent. So that what that means is it's not affiliated by the, with the Dodgers, the angels or any other team for that matter. Um, so Gary Carter was the manager. And Gary Carter, before he passed away, um, Hall of Famer, you know, Mets oh 86, God. one Number of the eight. best catchers of all times, um, of all time. He uh, 
who was the manager and I was, I was crazy Casey. I was the on-field host. So like, if you were watching the game, like you'll see like the mascot race and the mascot will race like a kid at like in between the third and fourth inning or like stealing third. So some kid tries to steal third base and run it back in time for prizes. We did like fifth inning funnies and I was the guy and, and they, and my name was crazy Casey. I had a Jersey and a run around and, um, I, I was always comfortable on the mic for some reason. And uh, I just kept getting more comfortable. So like the, the stand-up thing now is like, that's the one thing that people said early on that I had that a lot of people didn't have is stage presence and uh, just being comfortable on stage. But that being said, uh, I did that for a little bit. Um, then I, you know, when that season was over, I, you know, I finally finished school um, and I worked for Angels Radio for four or five years um, doing calls, you know, screening calls, running the soundboard. Um, I was on a little bit of Angels pregame shows. Um, and uh who are the hosts of angels radio mark gubaza gubaza isn't for radio terry smith is the radio guy but gubaza yeah he'll do some stuff jose moda would do some stuff when i first got there rex hudler and steve physioc were still there oh wow rex yeah hudler hudler's the uh, yeah the wonder dog i yeah, love him. that was his nickname yeah yeah he's uh he's such a good guy uh he had a uh, a show and nobody was nobody was like calling in so i would have to like i was a, i was screening calls on a show i'd have to go into another room and be be like someone else so my name was zach i just made up a name and after that he just kept calling me zach like he uh -huh. i think he forgot that my name was casey and he just thought that i was zach and uh, every time i saw him he would say zach and he's you know now they're they're the the team for the royals so they won it you know they got to be there for the o2 year when the angels won it and then you know last year when the royals won it now why are the angels so shitty um a lot of reasons i think that uh like i know this is a comedy no 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 I think that um, I I think they have they they invested so much money into the Josh Hamiltons and the Vernon Wells, even the Albert Pujols and C.J. Wilsons, and instead of going through the farm system like pretty much how they won it in two thousand two, um, so I believe that they need to get back to that that they have the worst farm system in baseball. Well, I forgot about Vernon Wells. Yeah, so did everybody else, and I, I wish I could forget about him. Didn't he have like a fifty million? It was like an eighty million dollar contract, and he was just shit. And, and then he, he went to the Yankees, and he did okay for them, but like, uh, yeah, you know, they just they just and then Josh Hamilton just you know got oh. back in the drugs and all that, but it just um. I think that I think that they need to rebuild it, and I, and I love and I you know if I get flack from Angel fans, whatever. But I think it's time for Sosha to to part ways and go, yeah. and they need to they need to and don't even have Renicky or Bud Black as much as I love those guys take over because they are Sosha guys. He they learned from him, so they need to get a young guy in there and 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 do something you know different. They need to to really so it's gonna it's to say rebuilding is a cop out. So I think that they're gonna be bad for like three more years, and then I think they'll be able to get back in there. So let's get back to comedy. Sure. I might lose a lot of listeners if we talk about the angels. You're uh, probably going to lose listeners if with just me talking about comedy. No, no. Well, say, speaking of where people can find you, where are you on Twitter? There's like 50 Casey. Casey Moran, Moran 1. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, Casey Moran 1 on Twitter. Uh, Casey Moran 11 on Instagram. So I just well, added ones. Now, why, why is... Uh, you just do those numbers mean anything? Eleven does. My birthday is eleven eleven. Um, so eleven was always my favorite number growing up. One was just the the first. You know, like there was it just. I probably. I think. I don't know if I tried to do Casey Moran eleven or I just ended up just doing Casey Moran one. Um, but eleven is is meaningful to me for sure. Well, nine eleven too. So oh sure, you know. never forget. Never forget. No. Uh, so what exactly got you into stand up? Like, did you uh, watch like specials? Did yeah. You, like, because that's a big leap going from the sports casting sure. world to 
Right. Um, well, I always have been a, a fan of, of comedy. Um, the first stand up that I remember, um, hearing an album, the first album I ever heard was emo Phillips. And I was just like, this is so different. I, this is so cool. Um, and then I was exposed at a young age to Sam Kinison and just seeing what Kinison did for stand up, So original, just, I mean, and then you watch him in, um, in back to school and he like stole the, the scene. He stole the movie in my opinion, to an extent. It was just so when I saw the impact that somebody can have, not just on an audience in front of them, but on an audience, you know, listening to them or watching them, I was just like, this is so cool. And like what style did, you know, when I started, I was really dirty. Yeah. Just, you know, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. Probably about seven years in, it took me uh, to figure out my style. Did you want to, do comedy like Kennison or did you just say, fuck it, I'm going to start and see where I go? I, uh, a little of both. I, I wanted to do some, not Kennison, but I wanted, I, I, I thought, you know, Mitch Hedberg was a big inspiration and I thought I could be a one-liner guy, you know? So I would spend hours just writing a ton of one-liners. They were all shit. And then I would go up there and just bomb. And I have one-liners still that I use, but I like sprinkle them in to my stuff. Um, but then I, when I first started and when I very first started, I tried to be a clean comic cause I thought, oh, well I've heard on podcasts that they say dirty is easy to do. So if you, if you do clean, you're going to be able to get booked. And I, I just listened to so many different people. Um, I guess I'm just too trusting. So like I tried to do it and Earl, it was, I don't know. My first joke was so bad. I should have quit like so bad. Tell it. Oh my God. This is the worst joke ever, but whatever. I said, do you think Ariana Grande can go into a Starbucks and get a tall or a venti or the barista says, Hey, it's Ariana Grande. The worst. That's up there, (laughs) but it's uh, no worse than uh, jokes. I've heard headliners do. So, well, there you go. Um, but yeah, so when I got, so I, I guess I could also say the reason I stopped doing sports casting is my depression got so bad and I have major depressive disorder. Um, I'm also bipolar uh, and I have anxiety. And so I got to a point where it was showing cause I was doing radio broadcasting for CSUN, um, Cal State Fullerton, a bunch of other things. So it, it was showing in my game in my work, in my, in the games I announced in my work that like, if you're down, you, it's so hard to like not, show that in your work. So it would be really monotone and really just out of it. I was out of it with stand up. You can perform depressed because a lot of us do. A lot of us have stuff going on. It's a depressing business. Sure. Sure. And so I wanted to get it after podcasts. Really? I, I can almost make the statement that podcasts in a way saved my life because listening to so many like Mark Maron's podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast, Jay Moore's podcast, uh, mine, of course, inappropriate Earl huge. So, but they really do help me. Cause when I'm down, I listen to and just laughing, like just, I just love it. And, um, so when I, when I heard that, I was like, you know, maybe I want to do it. And I've been wanting to do it for a long time. I finally just manned up. Cause I, my brother put on this show at West side comedy club. Um, and I went to buy him like an, I got him an iced coffee and I was just putting it in the green room where he was going to be or something, or just like, cause I, I was going to go wait in the line or whatever. And he said, just hang out in the green room. And I was like, Oh no, I don't need to do that. I'll wait in line. And he goes, just hang out in the green room. So I'm in the green room and there were some other comics in there and we were all just like chatting. And like, I didn't realize 
you know, that they thought I was a comic, but they were like, when do you go on? And I was like, oh, I don't do stand up. And they were like, oh, you're funny. You should do stand up. And like, these are comics that are starting to like break, like Cy Amundsen. Um, and these are, these are, uh, Shane Torres, like some people that have been on Conan and, uh, Comedy Central and all that. So I was like, man, if these people think I'm funny, maybe I should try. And then I just started going to flappers, open mics, and then just, sorry about that. <laughs> I don't really go back there. I've kind of just been able to, to get my own, you know, make my own opportunities and, 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 thankfully other people have, have, uh, helped me along the way, but it has helped me with my depression because it's a good hobby for me to, to get a laugh, as you know, is such a great feeling. And so like, to me, that has been like therapy in a way, get up and talk about what's going on, um, try to do it in a funny way. And it's good to focus on something and not isolate and, and, and just, uh, wallow. What, uh, like what gets you down? It's a chemical thing with me. Um, so sometimes, I mean, it, this is going to sound weird to people that don't have it. And, and I listened to the Tom Goss episode and I thought what Tom said was so good about, about his, his, you know, background with depression and, and, and suicidal stuff. Like he was very honest and uh, I would like to be too, because for me, it's going to sound weird to somebody who doesn't have it. And that's okay. Like you, you don't understand it if you don't have it. Um, but I literally can feel a shift in my brain um, when it happens. So it's like, it's almost like a button that I can feel. And that's, it, it's like, uh Oh, here comes another episode. Um, and I'm on meds and all that, but like a lot of people, I go off them at times cause I feel that the meds put a mask on me and I don't like that feeling. I was on Prozac. Yeah. And I had to stop cause, uh, you know, made my dick not work. But now you're on, you have the once, do you still do the once a week for maintenance? Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean, I, I was just, that's, uh, but I did enjoy the effects to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, everybody, that's the thing is I, I always tell people when people ask me about medication, I don't preach it to anybody because it's like everybody's body's different and, um, everybody's mind is different brain. So I'm not going to say, oh yeah, yeah you got to take this one because I, A, am not a doctor. B, um, the doctor's jobs is to see really where you are and see what medications would work. They're going to try different cocktails, if you will. Um, I've been on the same medications for the most part since I was 16. Um, Lexapro and Wellbutrin have been really helping me, but then I've been getting onto like Lamictal and, and other stuff for, uh, ADHD or excuse me, uh, for bipolar ADHD. I was on Adderall, but it was like, I don't you know, Didn't really do right. it for me. What, uh, like when, when you're having an episode of mm -hmm. sorts, what, I mean, like, what, like, does it happen just when you're at a comedy show? It can happen at any time, anytime, anytime. Um, you know, it, usually what it is, is it, it's gra it gradually gets worse. So like it starts and I, and I, I'm really now 13 years into this, you know, these episodes, cause it really started when I was 16. I can kind of tell, um, I'm more aware of it and I'm able to do things that help me. Uh, while going through it. Um, like what? So for me, what really helps uh, is writing. It's not, not even stand-up stuff, just writing, you know, as corny as it's going to sound, things that I'm grateful for, um, things that I've accomplished, uh, you know, people in my life that mean a lot. Um, and also writing the the cynical things that are in my mind, like, like, like you know, suicidal stuff. Um, anything that's on my mind, just getting it on paper is, does really help. Um, if I'm too, sometimes I'm so rock bottom depressed Earl that I can't even pick up a pen and write. I need to, uh, like record like thoughts into like my voice recorder on my phone. Um, and then I'll write them later. 
Um, and I know that's going to sound ridiculous that you don't have the energy to pick up a pen, but when you're like rock bottom down, the thought of even like picking up your phone to text somebody is so much anxiety. You're like, I don't want to have this back and forth with someone. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Um, I'm not a flaky person, but I don't want to be, I don't want to talk to anybody. I go MIA on people. Um, and it's just kind of what I do. I isolate and I'm getting better at it, but I, it's still something I need to work on for sure. Uh, do you like just working out? Like I work out, to, right? You know, right. Go to my bad mojo. Uh, so it's riding. Yeah, it's, it's a, working out does help. Getting out of the house, walking, right. you know, exercising, jogging if you can. Um, I don't go to the gym anymore, but I need to. That does help. I will say this: the two things that I don't preach, but I think they're universally you know, proven through science to work are eating healthy and exercise. I mean, that's, it's proven. I mean, it's like you, you want to put something good in your body and you want to, uh, you know, exercise to get those endorphins going. But other than that, the other stuff, the, the yoga, the depression support groups, the medication, that's all, you know, could, um, you know, that's all up for interpretation onto your life and what works for you. People have told me that I should maybe try shrooms and I'm not a drug guy at all. There are people that, that, that are really high into that. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm researching stuff. Like I don't smoke weed or anything like that. I can't, I like to taste the beer, but I really can't drink anymore because I'm on these meds and I, it's, you, you don't want to take a, dep you know, an antidepressant and then with a depressant, it, it can cancel it out. You know, do you have to take these medicines forever? I think so. Yeah. Cause oh, wow. yeah. Well, cause I mean, there are people that have beat depression that they, that they've gone, they've stayed consistent on stuff and they've just kind of, uh, overcome it, I guess. Uh, I have no, I don't think that's going to happen. It's not being negative. It's at 13 years in, I'm still at this point. It's, it's, it'd be very surprising to me if I ever overcame it. Um, and I, it's okay. I've kind of accepted the fact that I'm going to be on these meds for the rest of my life. And I've accepted the fact that I'm going to have this, but I, I've accomplished a good amount while doing it. And I'm very, I'm starting to become proud of myself. Um, but I think I'm starting to, in a way, sharing my story, helping a few people here and there, which has been the best feeling. So, um, cause doing, I do a podcast about this, like depression stuff. What is yeah. it called and where can people listen to it? Uh, thank you. It's discussing depression and it's on iTunes and, uh, Spreaker and it's on like the, the podcast app, like on your phone and stuff. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been cool. I've been interviewing. Um, I'm going to be interviewing more comics, um, but uh, I need to continue to um, just I'm interviewing different people from all different like a social worker. I've had mental health counselor. I'm going to have, um, you know, somebody that was, uh, you know, did a, a suicide hotline and then like friends that knew me and can kind of like help explain like my story from you know, when I was a kid before depression hit me and after and all that. So it's been, uh, it's been good. Cause you get emails in saying like, it's really helped. And, and for people I don't know, it's just been, it's been, uh, it's the best thing I've ever done. And I've, and I've got to, I'm a diehard angels fan and I got to work for the angels and I, I've got to, you know, do some cool stuff with stand up and other things, but nothing to me is a better feeling than this podcast that I'm doing. Do you get, uh, like I get, down when the LA Kings lose. Right. Does something as silly as that get you depressed like when the Angels get blasted? It used to. And I'm uh, being completely serious. Like, no, I, no, no. That's a great question. Um I used to take it a lot more personal than I like personally than I should. Um I notice now like as much as I know sports and I really do know them well and I'm not that's not bragging. It's just something that I I I, wait, I wasted a lot of time watching games and reading and um anything sports related. Um but 
I kind of think that with like, like just like politics and religion, like sports is something that's like, you probably shouldn't talk about it. Cause people get so fucking mad. I've seen fights, physical fights over mm-hmm. sports teams. And it's like, I just don't think Mike Trout's going home arguing about my life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think these people, um, are, are, are spending the time to do that. They're going at home to their hot wives and their big houses and fancy cars and all that stuff. You know, it's like, um, but I do get angry at times. Cause like as a fan, you think, Oh, you guys got to do this. You got to do that. But it's a very, you know, you're, you know, you're a hockey guy, you know, you play the sport. You got to be like, you also know as an athlete, how hard that is. Um, it, I do take it hard to answer your question, but not as hard as I used to. Right. Right. Cause like I got, uh, one of my favorite UFC fighters is fighting tomorrow night, the uh, old man Dan Henderson. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'll be upset if he loses. Sure. I mean, it's like, it's just like, um, you know, you root for certain people in life. Like, I think, um, like, when I see a stand-up that I really like not do well, it bums me out. Or if, like... I, I was rooting the hell for you for roast battle. And it, and I like Sarah a lot. I've met her super nice, but like, I wanted you to win. So that bummed me out. That made me mad that, that you didn't get, I tried, I did my best, but you kept you. I, I love that you were using, was it Buster Douglas? Yes. That you, you kept using that as the inspiration and, and you did, I just heard you talk about it. You did have the hardest bracket. Oh and, my God. Yeah. I mean, I love comedy central. Uh, I love Jeff Ross. I love everyone. Uh, attached to this show but they have uh, some good executives on that show winky face yeah yeah we won't <laughs> say their names <laughs> i don't want to you know no i got you uh, we will not you know we will not but uh i know i love i mean comedy central has been amazing to me but when i saw that bracket i'm like did i piss somebody <laughs> off like I've got Tom Ballard, who you know, like second a, place of the of the first uh, tournament. No, right? he uh, it was he finished. Uh, I think he was third because okay. Matt Broussard. Oh, that's right. Lost Broussard. to Jimmy Carr, but a lot of people would say uh, that uh, Tom Ballard beat Jimmy Carr. Okay, uh, you know, and and Jimmy Carr is the best. He's right. Just, I mean, him and Mike Lawrence are like the best. But uh, so if I was lucky enough to beat Tom Ballard which I think most people thought I couldn't, uh, then I get Jimmy Carr. I mean, I had a chance of getting Christy Cielo, yeah. who's amazing. I love her voice. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people disagree with me. I didn't watch the show on TV. You know, I was right. there. Uh, Christy, if she had like one home run joke, might right. have beaten Jimmy. Like, well, because you, because when you have that one round type of thing, she stumbled on that first joke. And it was just like you've talked about in your podcast before. Once you, if you're, if you're not in a main event and you don't have multiple rounds, it's so hard to rebound. If you stumble on the first one, like Ren is a perfect example. His other jokes were solid. Yeah. But that first one, I honestly think Sam, Sam Morell, really funny comic. I think that he didn't have a good first round besides that ground zero joke. They both weren't good. And I think that Ren is if he would have had his first one hit or he would have at least not stumbled on it, it could have been a different decision. Well, I think in Steve's case, his jokes were a little too long. Right. Wordy. And, uh, That's what I learned. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you had a battle, which we'll get into. Oh, uh, oh great. I've had a lot of, you know, veteran battlers on here. I think I love listening to them and they've really helped me um, get a feel for what it is. And, and I think it was uh, Alex Duong was, was talking about, 
um, you know, like wordy. Uh, you don't want to have it too wordy. You want it to be just kind of quick and to the point. Um, and uh, I, I did not. I, I I was wordy, so I got I, I get it. Well, I mean, wordy only really works for Jimmy Carr, and uh, well, people are listening to Jimmy Carr. If you're just an unnamed, like people are like, why are you going so long on this? Like, we're not on for the ride. Just make it short and to the point. Yeah, there's got to be a big payoff. Sure. And, uh, with Jimmy, there always is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so great. Um, uh, but yeah, no, he was. Uh, you know, Montreal was awesome. Yeah, I got to meet Jimmy Carr. I went to the uh, the Rob Lowe roast. Right. And he was at the uh, he was at the after party. Just I just said, hey, I'm a big fan. And he couldn't have been nicer. Like, oh, my just God. He's so nice. Been, yeah. And it's like I'm looking at this guy like you have millions of Twitter fans and all this stuff. And like you could totally be an asshole and they would be justifiable for what you've done in your career in a way, you know, like because not really. But it's like I w if you would have been an asshole, I wouldn't have been that. You know, I tried to get a picture with Peyton Manning there and he was super nice about it. He just said, oh, I'm with my wife and uh, I can't, um, you know, like, can you come back later? And I was right. like, yeah. And I, I said, I'm not going to come back. But like, I didn't say that to him, but I, he was super, couldn't have been nicer about it. So it was like, okay, like I get that. And I respect that. Um, but yeah, uh, Jimmy is so funny and it was very kind. Oh, he's, I think a lot of people think we probably hate each other, but I love him. Right. I mean, I think people thought you hated Tommy and I listened to that episode again and you, you know, you don't, you just, you had different differences of opinions on certain things with, or with, uh, Jimmy, I, I don't, I think his fans just really went after you. Well, it's not, uh, I, I had nothing to do with the judging. Right. Exactly. I mean, people uh, think that you, yeah, they, I think they thought that you and Jimmy Kimmel were buddy, buddy. And, we're not. I mean, yeah, I, I know. And I know, but I've literally been in a room with Jimmy Kimmel once. I know that. I think that they, yeah. they jump to these conclusions. People do that. But I mean, I, I think that if I did anything right against Jimmy, it was to call out the clipboard yeah. as my first joke. And uh, luckily for me, I had two judges who who didn't like him using the clipboard. Right. So, uh, but if it was Sarah Silverman and Judd Apatow, I could tell they would have voted for Jimmy. So I just got lucky with who the judges were. And did you go to like a CVS to go pick up a clipboard? Like the. No, I had Jeremiah Watkins, the leader of the wave. Yeah. Uh, he He's awesome. Every big Love battle Jeremiah. I have. He's like, yeah. hey, do you need anything? Do you need yeah. a prop? Do you need this? Yeah. Like, well, if you could find a clipboard. Right. Uh, and then he he found one. And then uh, I, my original idea was to break it over his back, Jeremiah's back. Yeah. But it was a pretty hard clipboard. Those old wood ones, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't like those plastic ones. No, this was very hard. So I'm right. like, it's not going to look good if I can't break it. It'll make me yeah. look weak. And then I thought, well, I'll just rip it off. I'll rip it on my own, just like the Incredible Hulk shredding a telephone book. And I couldn't, I couldn't rip it. So uh, <laughs> I just thought I'd throw it into the crowd. And it worked. It probably won me the battle. It was great. And then, uh, you know, Sarah Tiana took me down. And then uh, then I had to face Kay Trevor. Well, Kay Trevor Wilson's, like, amazing. As much as I know about Roast Battle or, or, or th think I know, I didn't realize they were going to do a, a battle for third. I didn't know that. I thought it was kind of just... And I, I love that they did because that was a fun little battle, too. I, mean, I, I don't think it, people talk about it. It makes sense. You know, you've got prize money involved and... Right. You know, I, I get that now at the time. I just didn't, it kind of passed over. Like I was like, okay, it's going to be, um, it's going to be Sarah and Mike. And I, and I was so happy when I was watching it. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I get to see Earl again. And, and Kay Trevor's so funny. Also, oh, he's, he's that line on Hinchcliffe about Tim Burton presents a comic made yeah. me laugh so hard. 
I mean, Kate Travers, like a top five roaster in the yeah. world. So. But Hinchcliffe gave him, I mean, that nom, nom, nom joke was hilarious. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, Tony's. Tony's uh, great. You yeah. know, an amazing uh, roaster. And, and Tony's uh, really nice to me also. I see him a lot and uh, he's very kind to me. He's really well, Tony's cool. Tony's great. Yeah. You know, I mean, this was an elite field of roasters. I mean. Yeah. I mean, Matt Broussard lost in the first round. Right. And look at all the people from L.A. that didn't get in. Like yeah. Alex Hooper and Leah Kajanian and. Pat Barker. Pat Barker. And, uh, I mean, Connor, just to name a few. Yeah. Keith. Uh, Omid. 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 I mean, you could probably have just sent 16 L.A. battlers and it would have uh, been a great show. I like your idea. I really hope they they do it of like having the same exact 16 going against new 16. Yeah, because then, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, that was my yeah. first. I really uh, liked it. I like that idea. I mean, I think, uh, you know, just. I'm, you know, I'm assuming Ralphie doesn't want to do it again. Maybe he would. Uh, I think it would be great if. He I think came he would out. only want to go against Mike. I think yeah. that I don't think. Uh, I yeah, think, you know, I mean, I could see Jimmy Carr saying, "I want Earl in the first round." You know, he doesn't need twenty five grand. No, no, no. He, you know, if you're a top comic on his level, yeah. you're competitive. Sure. Uh, so I, I could. Uh, otherwise, I don't know if he would come back. I think that there would be other comics that after watching it, like big comics, headliner comics, would would want to take a shot at it. I do I believe that. I, I mean, I'm sure they do because the show's a hit. Right. Know, I, I Why think. not? I mean, um, I think I think guys uh, like... Have to be careful, man. It's not yeah. roasting ain't for everybody. No, it's really not. Yeah. But um, like we, you were talking, I listened uh, to the one with George and Olivia. Yeah. Right. And you were talking about Olivia facing Sarah Silverman. And I would just be so interesting to see Sarah Silverman in roast battle. Because she's been on the Comedy Central roast and done well. But she took that age thing with Jonah Hill at the Franco roast a little hard. So I don't... But she's so talented that it would be so fun to watch. She's legendary. Like, there are certain people... Like, I, I even think, like, Ari Shafir would would maybe do it. It know? would be great. Yeah. I mean, someone like Mo Moshe... Casher. Uh, Casher. He's, oh. he's so fucking funny and quick. Yeah, right. And, uh, I mean, there's... Uh, you think Amy Schumer would do it? Um, I don't... I mean, I don't know her, but, I mean, I don't... Uh, I mean, she doesn't have anything to gain. No. You know, it's like roast battle, whether you're known or unknown, you know, I, I think it's, you should only do it if you have something to gain. From I it. think it takes a specific person. And I learned that the hard way. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. you know, like if you're a new comic at the store and you want to get in, it is right. a good way. It, like you, yeah. you had a battle. Yeah. Uh, against, uh, I call them the Dom or The Verzi triplets. Yeah, I'm sorry about no, that. No, it's fine. Uh, they're big fans of you, though. They really are. No, they're awesome. I was just, I think I was uh, doing a bad joke right. about uh, the- Jeffrey Dahmer? Uh, who are those three whores? Uh, <laughs> Hefner was boning uh, the Dom triplets. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, something. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you took on, it was kind of a gimmick battle from the sure. standpoint of- uh, you had to take on three people at once, but they're twins or yeah, triplets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I challenged them. They're friends of mine. They're they're some of my best friends in comedy. We 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 were both in you know grew up in Simi Valley. We do shows together, and uh, I'm only gonna if I ever do it again, it'll only be people that you know I'm friends with and I really you know like. Um, so I, uh, I challenged them and they were like, yeah, cause they bombed on kill Tony. Like she, she, they were on three out of four weeks and the, the audience hated them because they kept getting on comics, hated them. And so they wanted to redeem themselves at the comedy store. So they were like, we're in, um, here's a thing that I don't think, you know, and, and it's not, this is, I, I really hope this doesn't come out bad. 
at all because we accepted it. But we were supposed to go October 11th. That's not even now. And we went, we went about two months early because Moses asked us, hey, can you guys go earlier? And I'm not saying that that's why it wasn't a good battle at all because, I mean, I think – I, I still wrote a lot. They still wrote. So it, it wasn't that at all. It was just that um, I think I, I don't know how it would have gone if it was in October. I don't know if it would have gone any different. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was it was I tell you this as much as I was a fan of Rose Battle and as much as I'm a fan of listening to all the other people talk about it and the history of it and everything watching it from the seats or, you know, where the comics stand and and even doing as much stand up as I was doing when you're on that stage. And I don't know a lot of people that, that have done your, I, I don't know if, if you, they've really like talked about this, but like that first joke that you do, or even when you're talking about when Moses asks you why you want to, you know, roast these people, it's just, it's something about that room that it, it gave me, I felt like it was my first open mic again. And it was really nerve wracking. Did it, uh, like because you're on, you know, anxiety and depression. Uh, right. Did, did uh, you take an extra dose that day? I didn't, but I had so much anxiety because I will tell you this. This is a historical night in the Rose Battle history only because this was the night we were supposed we were supposed to go on right after that girl who allegedly called the fire marshal. Right. Um, we so won't mention her name. We will not mention her name. She doesn't deserve that. Um. Cause that's just a plug. An awful human being. Yeah. And and they were in and she was she left for 45 minutes because we know that for a fact by the way because i was looking at my clock all the time going how many comics are going to go on? i was ready we were just ready to go so one of the one of the produ- one of the people that helped with the show said hey you got you know you guys might have to go before is that okay we said yeah we're ready so we couldn't really like hang out in the green room because like we were trying to see what was going on if that girl was going to come she didn't and uh so that other person won Jasmine won. They rose her hand up, and then a couple more comics went, and then uh, then it was time. So I to answer your question, I had so much anxiety, but like they, you know, that night was really interesting because after ours, that girl came back and she wanted to to battle, and it was like you already no, you you don't you lost your chance, and she wanted to like the other person. They they almost like got into it, and I I don't think it was gonna happen, but you know one of the girl that won took work off. Like she, she was losing money to do this. She spent an, a month. Like you said, you take at least a month if you take this seriously and you should to write and perform. And you're then that's taking away from your own stand up and other things. So they put a lot of time into it. So somebody to just disrespect that and, and, and completely, you know, why would you do that? You know, it was rough. And then I, I heard about the, 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 uh, the fire marshal thing and I just couldn't believe it. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's she, alleged. It's alleged. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know why she felt so entitled. She'd yeah. never done it before, so you. Well, I, can I say this? Because this is kind of funny, I guess. She, I never told you this. She thought that I was the one that um, that uh, books the roast battle. Because right. on one of my com- one of my comments uh, for something, uh, she put, "Hey, I'm trying to get in a touch of you to ask you questions about roast battle," and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm doing it soon. Maybe I don't know." So then I'm, we are messaging back and forth and she goes, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, bu- you know, I, you know, you booked this and I'm like, or something like that. And I was like, oh no. So I screenshotted a picture of Moses and I was like, this is the guy that books it. Right. And I sent it and she's like, oh no, I know. But you know, do you have his number? And I'm like, I'm not going to give out, you know, like Brian's right. information. Um, and so I was just like, what? And anyways, um, 
I had heard from other people like uh, just about, and I'm not trying to throw this person on the bus or anything. I just heard a, like other stories of her flaking on shows and, and the entitlement thing and all this stuff. So I think Brian Moses and you have great things to say about him and I agree on everything. I, I will say this. He's a genius. And here's one of the reasons he's a genius. He might not admit to this, but I think he knew about this girl and I think he knew that they were going to flake in a way, not them, but this girl. And I think that's why he booked us earlier and just to have an extra battle. Right. I it, it, the guy is so smart and knows the show so well and and heard about the com. I think he she heard it. He heard that she could flake. I asked him about it. He didn't answer it, but I think that Brian is so smart that he knew. So he said on Thursday, "Hey guys, can you go on Tuesday?" And we said, "Yeah." And we weren't in the roast report. We were in like the the recap, but we weren't in the roast report. So I think that he kind of had an inkling that this girl might do something. So he was prepared to have an, another battle ready to go, um, which is genius. I I I I I have so much respect for Brian Moses and Coach T and everybody who puts to get the show together, especially more now that you do it and you see a little bit of more of that behind the scenes stuff. It was awesome. I mean, it really is a labor of love. And Jay Light, I mean, the, everybody that Keith, everybody that writes the, the, I mean, they spend so much time on it and you can see that they spend so much time on it because they really care. And it's awesome to see that you, uh, I mean, every, it's just amazing. The wave. The wave. And Jeremiah is, is, has been really nice to me. Um, I don't know Jamar well or, or Willie or Haiti, but everybody's been super cool. And, but yeah, my battle, dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I won. I did win, but I, I still, I'm competitive and I think it was bad on both ends. And I, and I, I, it's not the way I wanted it to go. I wanted to have a good one, whether I won or lose. I wanted it to be one that like, people were like, those were good jokes. And it really was one of those ones that I think even the audience was like, you know, we all lost or whatever. Um, but it was, it was tough. Did but, you write your own jokes? I, I, I'm 50, 50. I write half my jokes yeah. and then, uh, I outsource. I, uh, the joke that hit, I did not write. Um, I had, I had wrote myself about 40 jokes and then I, I got like 30 jokes from other people. But uh, I don't find anything wrong with that. So, well, thank you. I feel, I do feel better about that. Um, but even the joke that was a good one, I, uh, I stumbled on. And so that was, uh, I paused and, and, uh, and it was just, it was like, had I not paused, if I would have just went through it, it would have, it would have been good. It wasn't a terrible one, but my middle joke their joke basically canceled it out. It was about my depression and it was basically like our jokes just kind of like, like I said, cancel each other out. So it was just pointless. My first joke wasn't good, but their jokes were bad. Um, and the, their entrance was interesting. They came out in like a trench coat. They're like, they work out. So they, they, they took their shirts off and they threw it in the audience. Um, and, uh, I think that, you might have been an inspiration in terms of like your entrances, you know, because they they had studied a little bit of that and they wanted to, to have a good entrance. But um, I think that people I don't know if they hated them right away. I'm not sure. But the taking the shirts off was an interesting tactic. And, uh, you know, I'm standing there and I'm seeing, you know, Mike Lawrence ready. That's the thing is I not only had to, you know, I'm battling triplets, which is fine, but I had to go again. Like I, Mike Lawrence was bashing them. So I had to follow Mike Lawrence jokes, essentially, right. which is not easy to do. He said one, he said, um, when one of you bombs, do the other two feel it? It was just so good. No, I mean, Mike's <laughs> the best. He's a hardcore judge. Like, yeah. You know, most judges will joke around try and someone bombs make the person feel better right 
Because uh, it is a hard atmosphere. Very hard. It's, and the only people that understand it are the ones that have been through it. Yeah, I think really uh, the best judges are, are fellow battlers who yeah. get, get the... Uh, got to get the vibe of the room. And you also got to get... You have to understand what it's like to be up there on that side. Um, yeah. I think like Hinchcliffe's a great judge because he's done it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he's and done it. He's he's honest. And so... Um, I've seen judges and it's not a knock at them at all, but they've, there's been ones that have just been like super nice, you know? And, uh, that's just not, I mean, listen, it's great to compliment, but there's ones like with Ellen DeGeneres when she was on American Idol, she was like that type that was just, you know, super nice. And it just, you don't get as much out of the show that way when there's not honesty, I feel like. Um, but I, I just love the atmosphere. I got to tell you, I don't think I'm going to do it again. Um, why not? Well, I thought this whole time I was like, oh, I think I think I'm gonna be a great roast like writer. I think I'm gonna be a great, you know. But I I will say this, after doing it, the feeling that I got, like the anxiety, like before the show, the anxiety during the show, everything that was going on, um, it was just one of those things that was so difficult to continue to, like, the the amount of time I spent away from my stand up to work on this. I, I look at that top 50 and I'm like, there's no way I'll get on this. And I'm like you where I'm competitive. So if I feel like I can't be one of the best, there's almost like no reason. I don't want to just be number 49. I, I, I if, if I'm going to invest myself into it, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm an all or nothing guy. And so I will say this though, and I don't know if there's anything for me to do, but I want, I'm so, I love the show so much and I'm a fan of it. That if there's anything I can do, like, you know, to help out in any way, um, I want to be a part of the show and the atmosphere. I just don't know if being a battler is going to be what I do. Well, it's, uh, you know, the top 50 is, is there probably could be a top 100. Right. And uh, right. And that's just in L.A. alone. Uh, yeah. And then if you put in the New York comics sure. who are, are amazing uh, Chicago had some. I mean, Austin, I mean, it was cool to see that. I mean, I know that some of them weren't living in Austin or Chicago and that they came from other areas. But, um, yeah, the New York scene is really interesting. Like, Joe List, I think, could have been in it. Like He's he, a killer. He's a killer, and he beat uh, Lisa Traeger, who's great. Uh, Mark Norman beat uh, Oots, Leonard Oots. I love Mark Norman. Mark Norman is one of my favorite comics. I, I love his their podcast, Tuesday with Stories, and just he's so great. And yeah, I mean, I just like his delivery. And, right. Uh, Do you think that on his and, and Tony's, he got screwed where he didn't get to go second, that last one? Because he went first the first time. And I, I mean, I do think that uh, Tony should have gone first in overtime just because Mark went first in the battle. Right. Because then if that's the case, though, then then that awesome rebuttal from Hinchcliffe doesn't happen. I mean, you never know. He well, might have used it, and then and, and it still could have happened. Yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, I, I take that. Yeah, my bad. You um, know, uh, so it, it's uh, you know the judging and and sometimes the rules of roast battle are done on the fly. Right. Uh, you know, there's people who've gone first in in the first, second, and third round. Yeah. And then there's people they try and. Uh, well, if uh, Earl went first, then Sarah's go first in the second round, and then the third round, it's up to Jeff, I guess. I like that it's not as structured as other things are in the sense that, like, if it was so, like, it has to be this way, 
it just, I mean, part of it, like you've said on, on your podcast before about like, in a way there's just no rules. So like you can technically have your clipboard up there. The judges might see it differently or whatever, but I like that there's no rules. I like that one person that called the fire marshal this last time I'm going to talk about her, but like she, she talked about how unorganized it was and this and that. I think that adds to it that chaos in there it adds to the environment and it and it, i'm not saying it's unorganized i'm saying the chaos the fact that you know that you know four comics are going to go up before you talk and then hey they might throw a curveball or whatever it is it's like that adds to the atmosphere I, it, it, I, it's harder when you're performing because there's a lot going on but when you're just there to watch and hang out it's it's so much fun well it is almost unorganized organization sure you know, but Moses and all that, they know what they're doing. Oh yeah. It's a hundred percent. It's the craziest, uh, with the amount of shenanigans going on. Yeah. I mean, just like the other night, six battles and it was the funnest, probably the funnest show we've ever done. I tried, I was there and I got in and then it was so packed that I couldn't stand there. So I watched it from the, the bar. Um, so I watched like Jamar's, uh, Joe, Joe and Jamar's. Yeah, it was I mean, that awesome. was great. And, uh, I mean, every battle was good. I thought that that could have been a, a main card, the Jamar and Yeah, I mean, it's, Joe. Uh, that should have been a main card. I, I know when me and Joe Dosh battled, that that probably should have been a main card. Oh, yeah, card. the Joe DeRosa line about the Netflix. Oh, it's hilarious. Because you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's hard to, it's hard for the main event to pull it off. When you have to follow that, that. like, unbelievable. And they did. Uh, Madison and uh, Quentin did a great job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's no format to this show, so it's... I love it. I love that. It's it. Well, like what I'm saying is... But there I'll, is a format. There's there no is. format, but there's no... Uh, you know, even in Montreal, the craziness of live TV and... Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the other three shows that were taped, but still it was basically live TV. Uh, I mean... It was organized, but it was c completely crazy. I think, um, yeah, I agree. I, but what I'm saying is maybe I'll do it again. I don't know. But I, I do want to help in some way. I want to in, be involved in that, that family of roast battle, you know. Um, doing run roast, I'm not in that family. I'm such a fan. I don't know what I could really do. I'll tell you this. I do a lot of like, it would be cool. I was thinking about this, like to do some type of like pre-interview before the thing of, you know, like outside uh, on the patio, like of the people that are going to battle and, you know, send it in to Moses and see if he, if he likes it like bat, you know, like just kind of like a little like pre-interview, um, just like audio stuff, um, or something like that, something. Cause I, I do interview people and I love doing it. And I, with my sports casting background, I'm, I'm not bad at it. I think I'm pretty good. Um, or something I like to write, but it's like, I don't know. I'm no Jay light. I'm no, I, I don't know what I could bring, but I just want to be involved, man. Well, I mean, this show's not going anywhere. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. going to be around for a while. I should ask Moses more if there's anything I can do to help out because um, he's the nicest. And, oh, uh, he's, he, yeah. I mean, this show, everyone, we all need help. I mean, anything uh, I can do, I, I'm, I'm in. Like, I, 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 I'm all about it. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. uh, it's a show that's only getting started and sure. that's only going to be bigger. I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure the format of, uh, you know, the season two or whatever, special yeah. two or what. It's not really a season, I guess, but like, uh, I mean, there's a million ways they could do it. You know, you could yeah bring back some old ones, bring in the new ones, or you can bring back all new ones and then yeah. 
you know, have a season or a special three where it's new versus old. The judges that they had on that mantra are just unbelievable. Kevin Hart, yeah, Seth I mean, Rogen. I mean, Judd Apatow. It's just unbelievable. Sarah Silverman. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg, Jeselnik. I mean, it's just. I mean, Jeselnik was like the perfect judge because he. Was, Kevin Hart was my favorite. Yeah, well, he he's so, mine too because he voted for me. But uh, Well, not only that, but he was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, he was so. He was a perfect mix because he didn't know what was going on, but he took it all in. He didn't like. Like I had heard like other judges, and I don't need to go into names, but like they just weren't sold on it. Not in Montreal really, but like in other uh festivals or whatever from before. They just weren't into it the way that this that that these ones were. And I was just awesome. I was just had a good just so much fun to watch and like uh yeah, I mean I love it, man, and I love doing stand up. Um, but I think that like I'm kind of trying to take my stand up and turn it into motivational speeches to help people with depression and like right. throw in some stand up in there about my depression um to make it a little lighter. And now I know how to deal with hecklers. So if there's fucking kids, you know, saying something, I know how to shut them down. Um, and like, do you uh, get heckled a lot? Though? Uh, not not a lot, but I, I get heckled a good amount because um, I do a lot of bad bar shows. You right. know, so you're gonna have people that weren't there to watch comedy that are drunk and just going after you. But it's helped me a lot. Like uh, I've had some, I've had some ones where like I basically had to throw my material away and just shut down hecklers. And it's like that helps you. Cause if I ever do get the opportunity to go on the road or something, I think that those those that those strengths would come into uh, come into handy. What's the worst heckle you've ever gotten? Um, I had so there were these two uh, Hispanic gentlemen, just completely the whole show, just talking very loud, and there was. A seven comics that went up before me and nobody had addressed them. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm going up before the headliner, not not featuring, just happened to be in the, like everybody did the same time, then the headliner did more. And so I go, I go, I got this. And so I see them and they're eating it's one of those bars that you can bring like snacks into, you know, like your own stuff. Right. Um, so they're eating it was a Thursday and they were eating pork rinds. <laughs> it was they're fucking they're, they're worse. And they they I go. I just get up and I go, does anybody get to talk about these guys in the front? And the, the one, there's one guy that was just there to watch. He goes, Oh, please. And I was like, guys, it, I was like, uh, you guys do realize that snack, like throwback Thursday doesn't work with snacks. And I just like went after these guys and I'm not an angry person, right. but I just started bashing them and just going like every time they would say, we'll just say something funny. Like I would just, you guys have been, you know, just, I didn't go after them like too bad, but, um, but I warmed him up for the person that after me, uh, the headliner, Brian McDaniel, to go up and just kind of shut him down even more to the point where they finally left. Um, but in terms of just like straight up hecklers, one time I just had somebody go just like, just hear t- you hear it a lot. But like, you're like, you're not funny. Why do you do stand up? You're terrible. Like, you know, and I just laugh it off. I think that it's funny. Um, I love doing it. I'm not going to quit because somebody in the crowd's telling me to quit. You know what I mean? Right. And But I do think. Uh, I didn't have a heckle, but I've been doing crowd. I've been doing more crowd work. One time, you'll like this. I think there was a uh, there was an a black. Com- he was a comic. It was at Oaks Tavern in Sherman Oaks. <laughs> okay. it, was, it was fun, Mike, on Monday. And there was this my the Verzi triplets were like, you got to do some more crowd work tonight. I'm like, all right. They just enjoy it because it's always like this. And there was a a black comic, and he was in between two girls. And I was like, hey, look, everybody, uh, it's Malcolm X in the middle, and it just completely turned the energy in the room. And then. The next time I did that mic, there was a uh, a comic that that did a Bernie Mac impression, but he just did Bernie Mac's material. Like I know comedy pretty well. He just took Bernie Mac's stuff and he was doing it. And I was just like, I got on after him and I go, Hey man, great uh, 
really, really great Bernie Mac impression. He goes, oh, thanks. And I go, I wish you guys would trade places. And it just like the, they like that one because I don't think they dug him. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, crowd work hecklers. I, I, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better. But I think that it almost puts you in a disadvantage if you don't have one up until like your first year because you need to know how to handle them. I think I think you need experience with them. I mean, like you said in, earlier in this show, um, how much you've you know done shitty gigs wherever you're doing anywhere. So I would imagine you had a lot of hecklers yourself. Oh, well, I mean, I'm a pretty big guy, so I never really uh, got heckled too much. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, I could definitely have been heckled. Uh, but the comedy store late nights, like. Not really. I'm pretty scary looking dudes. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, uh, you know, 16 years in, my I'm pretty relatively polished. Sure. So, uh, you know, I'm anything that I I've heard everything a hundred times. You right. Know, you suck. Get off the stage. You know. The typical stuff. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, what you look like. They yeah. try to do that. You know, when I had a, a curly hair and an afro, it was, hey, it's Weird Al and steroids. It's like, you know, stuff like that. I so. think everybody thinks they can be a stand-up. I think they all think that they can do it. The ones that are that are there that are heckling are like ones that like. You know, they, they all think they're the funniest person. Oh, I could do that. Yeah, well, didn't go up and try it because it is, it is very hard. I have so much respect for comics. Uh, I have so much respect for roast battle comics, too, because they're able to not only do their own roast, you know, the, the, do the whole roast thing, but they're also able to, to go out on the road and do their own stand-up. And some of the, the best roast battlers, I've had them on my shows. There's some great comics like Jay Light, Alex Hooper, Leah Kajanian, Alex, uh, to name a few, just awesome standups and i'm like how do you guys have the time like leah has a full-time job and is able to do the battle a lot and she still be able to do you know her own stand-up and then her own personal life whatever that entails but it's just awesome yeah i mean it's uh you know if you you know there's a fine line between uh being a good comic and being a good roaster some fall on just roasting either side of the line there's great roasters who you know, I mean, roasting's a, a quick, you know, it's maybe 10 minutes total. You're up there. Right. It seemed like an hour. And you can't reuse that stuff, really. I mean, it's like. Well, you can, you know. I guess you could on rebuttals, maybe. I if, mean, if you're facing a fat comic, you can just rework it. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, if you're facing a girl or a guy who's slept with a lot of the comics in the room, you could just oh, yeah. rework the, you know, that's joke good. a little bit. Uh, sure. I mean, uh, they should have a comedy store dating app. I mean, oh my god, it's like the wild west up there. But I, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I book shows, right? And so I fell. In, I I was always told from guys and girls in comedy to not hook up with comics, and uh, and I and 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 when I was like and jobs and stuff, I didn't want to fish off the corporate pier, if you will, you know. Right. And so, but like lately, I've. I've hooked up with some comics and it's just like, it's really is a bad idea for me. I understand some people can make it work and more power to them. I just don't think I'm one of those people. It's, it makes it awkward. And, uh, yeah, I mean, because I'm a booker. So like, it's hard to like, you know, it, do they expect me to put them on more shows now that, you know, they let me have sex with them. You know, it's just tough. Well, I mean, I, my last three girlfriends have been comics. So, so do you recommend that or do you, I mean, you like who you like, so that's a good. Uh, that's a great point. I just uh, you know, I'm gonna date who I like if if it's uh, 
you know. I just stick to Tinder. You know, yeah. I'm a big Tinder guy. But the problem with Tinder is there's too many comics on it, so you can't. Yeah, uh, I had one girl on Tinder say uh, she was basically just asking me to book shows. She like she probably just swiped right so I could book her on shows. Like probably. Yeah, that you know what I get it. It's part of the business. Um, cold business. It is a cold business. But I gotta tell you, man, I think uh, you know as much as I. The battle is fun. I just, yeah, you know, I just want to focus on this. Like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to do stand-up stand-up. I want to, like, segue it into something where I'm helping people with depression because it really is important to me to help people um, dealing with mental illness because it is near and dear to my heart, you know? And I really want to make a difference, a positive impact, if you will, because I think that it's getting better the more celebrities and other people are speaking out about it. Sure. Um, a rapper Kid Cudi just came out and talked about his depression. He's, he went into rehab for it. I think it's, I think, but it, it's not, it still has a long way to go. And I think that I, I really do think that I can help. And I really, that's what I want to do. I've been applying for mental health technician jobs all over the States. Um, and I would move anywhere almost and like stand up. I will still do stand up. So like wherever you go, because we're in such a golden age for comedy, I feel any bar, somebody's going to have yeah. something going on in almost any town, you know? And if they don't, then I'll make it happen. I have the equipment. I'll find some funny people there. Like we'll make it happen. But now where do you, uh, produce shows like do you do a weekly show i did have a weekly show and mike but after like it was they were we wanted it a month they were doing it on monday nights and then monday night football we just they, they wanted to do something in that room for it and it was cool because it's a room that's like closed off in a bar so it's like it seats like 40 people and it looks like the inside of a treehouse almost it's called the junkyard is the bar right. and it has like stuff everywhere and i've had jeremiah's done it leah's done it um alex nick petrillo like a lot of roast battle people have come out and do it so it's been awesome but that uh i was doing a weekly show followed by mike we're not doing that anymore until after football which is good i didn't taken a break from it but i was like i said doing like seven to eight shows a month producing but i'm still doing produce every once in a while ventura harbor and then i'm producing at this this uh i got a i got a paid gig earl and i'm i'll just ask you on the air i would love to have you do it it's in the yeah it's a golf it's a golf course yeah, Brian Moses is doing the first one, um, but it's it's yeah they gave me a good budget and I'm taking care of every comic, making sure that everybody just gets fair, the, the even amount of time and money, um, splitting it down the. It's just like it's just all and I just you know, um, but and I and I'm doing a Joshua Tree Road gig. I've been booking that once a month, which is going to be fun. That's cool. Where's yeah, that at? It's at the Joshua Tree Saloon. Um, starting in uh, November, I'm doing it. Actually, your boy and mine, Big J, uh, Big Irish J Hollingsworth, is gonna is gonna close it out. Big Irish J Hollingsworth, one of the few people who almost had a heart attack in my condo. I heard that he sweat more than anybody here. Is that right? He sweated more than Shaq reading lines on those fucking uh, Gold Bond commercials. I mean, just wearing a sweater. I mean, it, my condo does get hot. I've never had. He was great. wearing a sweater. He's wearing a sweater and like. <laughs> Two was it shirts. Boston Celtics? It's like a oversized. Well, everything's oversized on him. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's like a Celtics, you know, cardigan. Yeah, and, uh, it was hot in my house. I love him. He's he's such a nice guy. Oh, he's uh, the best. You know, Jay Hollinsworth. Uh, I think I don't know if he does the Hollinsworth. He does. He's still doing it. He uh, actually uh, he told me when I told him that uh, I was doing. He was so happy for me because. Uh, and you know who else wanted, and it's weird to say, I guess, on air now, but uh, I hung out with Steve Simone the other night, and he Steve. said, he said, please tell Earl I said hi, uh, he's the best, and he just had nothing but great things to say about you, and I'm just, right. no, dude, I, okay. I, I love Steve, 
love Irish J. They're just the coolest. I'm just so grateful to be associated with such nice comics that have been so good to me. Well, you're a good dude, and I want to get a young comic who's not as bitter as most of the people <laughs> I have on this show on. So Yeah, thank you. This is so much fun. Dude, you're welcome anytime. Yeah. Now, this is the part where, even though we did it before, tell everyone on Earth where they can find you on. Let's start with Twitter. Sure. Casey Moran 1, C-A-S-E-Y-M-O-R-A-N, the number on one. Instagram. Casey Moran 11, same spelling with 11, 1-1. One, one. Um, and Facebook, Facebook, just Casey Moran. I'm, you know, it's like, uh, well, there are a million Casey Moran's though. You know what? There's a, it's so weird. There's a group for Casey Moran's. Uh, it's like a case, the Casey Moran. I don't know. There's, there, there is a bunch of Casey Moran's, but I, if, if, you know, somebody's trying to find me and they're friends with comics, I'm going to have mutual friends with them, you know, cause I have tons of comics because I produce, I add a ton of comics and I'm at that, like I, I to so many friends that like, I didn't even know. Like, I meet a comic, I go, oh, I'll get add you on Facebook. And then I realize I'm already friends with them, you know? Just because, like, I'm just adding people to just comics. Um, and where, uh, you got any shows coming up you want people to, uh, yeah, to, uh, you know, see you at? I mean, I know you got the Bros Battle pre show. When is that? That's uh, the 18th. So, not this Tuesday, but the one after. So, I'm really excited about that. Which um, is a very hard uh, environment to do stand up in because the, People who go to the belly room on Tuesday nights. They're uh, going for the battle. They're going for the battle. They don't necessarily want to see stand up, but if you're good, they'll yeah. listen to you. I did it. I did it um, like five months ago and it was one. It was it was I did well uh, for me at least. And uh, I had to bite the bullet. I went first. Um, I, I if if Moses puts me in that spot again, I'm ready. I'm ready for anything. I'm just happy to be there. He's been so good to me. And then, uh, yeah, so I'm doing that the 18th. I'm doing the Blue Elephant Cafe in downtown L.A. on uh, the 13th, uh, 8 p.m. show, followed by an open mic. Um, and then I'm doing, uh, let's see, I think th those are the two, like, that are sticking out right now. Um, oh, uh, October 15th, I think it is. It's a Sunday. Whatever that Sunday is, it's uh it's I next think it, Sunday. So yeah, so next Sunday I'm doing a, a show at the Chop Shop in Simi Valley. Um, it's gonna be a fun one, and then uh, then I'm just always hitting up, hitting the mics as much as I can, and I'll be able to do some more shows. And like I said, I have that road gig November third in Joshua Tree, and then December first Joshua Tree, and then uh, November. Oh, so no, November third is a uh, Lake House at a, uh, or it's Lake Balboa. It's Lake House Restaurant. Um, Brian Moses, Kyle Clark, Steve Simone, Andy Bolt, Kate Quigley, all on the show. It's going to be fun. It's great lineup. Yeah. So, uh, guys, if you're in the local scene, LA Valley area, check those shows out. Uh, and, uh, Casey, thanks for coming on. Earl, thank you so much for having me. Um, I hope this was all right. Yeah, this was great. You talk a lot, which is great. Because <laughs> no dead no, air. No, it's, uh. I like people who talk a lot because then, I, you know, people know my story. This is, I think, the 146th episode. All right. You know, so they know about my shitty taste in music and and uh, my uh, many uh, failed relationships. Uh, so they want to know your story. So. Oh, I, real quick, I wanted to present this to you. I got this for you the other day. It's what a, is it? It's a, uh, a lighter. With your I don't smoke. I know, but you don't need to because it's just your oh, guys on it. Oh, shit. A uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper lighter. Yeah. As you can see that's Rowdy's I book. See, I saw that. I'm going to put this. I have a little Rowdy. Thank you. There I, you go. Yeah, of course. I have a uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper display. I have two of them in my house. 
Oh, is that another lighter with him on there? Uh, I think it is. Actually, I think it's the is same Is it the one. same one? Yeah. All right. You got two. One out of the package, one in the package. I don't know. Uh, who, I don't remember who gave that to me. Roddy gave me this. Uh, oh, that's so funny. Bubblegum soda. Uh, I got a duplicate gift for Earl. That's, that's great. all good. I got the Rowdy Roddy Piper. They live mass that Roddy uh, autographed to me. I uh, love right it. Right yeah. here. And uh, a couple other Roddy. Roddy was the best. Yeah. Go buy his book, Ro Roddy uh, you know, it's out Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, probably iTunes. I don't know if they did a spoken uh, version of the book, but uh, Audible, yeah, yeah. Go on uh, rowdyroddypiper.com, and I think you could probably buy it there. And uh, of course, uh, you know, you can't get it autographed, but uh, uh, maybe uh, Colt or Ariel <laughs> will uh, autograph it for you. They were uh, huge. That those are his uh, kids, and getting the book out and. Uh, you know, so support them. And, uh, you know, Rowdy was the best. We all miss him. And uh, this is Inappropriate Earl with the great Casey Moran. Thank you. Uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a review if you can on iTunes. And this will be out Monday, October 10th.